It's the Winning Ticket Podcast, where having fun is minus 1,000. With your hosts, Dean Contrino, Joe Hoffman, Zach Nasciolo, and Johnny Della Luna. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Winning Ticket Podcast. We're back. This is week two of the 2020 NFL season. We had quite a week one. A lot of, we, lot of intrigue. No, we, did. we did. A lot of points scored. A lot of sloppy football too. A lot, of money, kicks. a lot of money made. Money Absolutely. made. From this podcast. Money Absolutely. made, certainly. I'm joined yeah. today by Dean. Mikey are in the booth. Oh, yes. uh, Joe and Zach are not present with us today, although they do have some picks that they uh, they recorded for us, so we're going to play those uh, later. Absolutely. Uh, but what did you guys think of week one? It was great. It just felt really good to be back into football, and um, we did very well as a podcast. Uh, I'll go into the Big Bang standings in a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, as we mentioned last year on the podcast, we are in a super contest where everyone on this pod that you could hear their voice are in it. Uh, my father's in it. Uh, Joe and Mikey's father's in it. Our, our friend Chris, shout out to Chris, who's in our channel as one of uh, the sharpest yes. guys around. Oh, yeah. He's also in it. And <clears throat> that rocks. if you count all five of us plus Chris, we were 25 and 5 in the Super Contest wow. this week, which is a 83%. So, good job, if you guys. Want to get onto this gravy train because we will not lose, you should definitely DM us on Twitter at WinningTXPod to get your free, that's right, free month of a 83% NFL group. And we also throw in little tiny plays and other sports. That we don't care about anymore because it's football season, baby. <laughs> I may never, I may nice. never lose another bet again. Yeah, <laughs> just, I, uh, just a warning to everybody: if you're not, you know, signed up for the Slack channel, you're just you're missing out on a hundred percent winners for, me for the rest of eternity. That said, just plus seven. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, and, and it, funny you mentioned actually, we had a huge uptick in uh, week one listeners. So if you're new, welcome, uh, yeah, welcome, welcome back uh, to week two. Get on to this. So actually. Via our airwaves um, that we used last week, and if you listen to us, um, you know, little. Ad- uh, I'm just going to address a little bit. If you listen to the podcast very early, there were some audio concerns. Don't worry, we fixed that. Uh, the two yeah, engineers in the room kind of fig- figured that one out. But a uh, little big bank standings, really quick. Mm-hmm. So, as a podcast, just going to go ahead and um, go here. We were five and, uh, excuse me, we were six, five, and one. Um, we are up. $38, which is 1.9 units. Of course, we're doing the big bank. $200 bankroll, $20 unit size. So mm-hmm. we're up 1.9 as an entire podcast. I'm up 2.3 units. Uh, right. Zach's up 1.77. And John and Joe are both down about one with Vig. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's going to be fun to see how this shakes out. But as a podcast, we are doing good. We've won you money. So if you listen yep. to last week only, you are up a unit. Yeah, you're Whatever up. that unit size is. Right, but you're, but you're, you're up for sure. Um, and we have some some really fun plays this week. You know, week. T- tell me, guys, a little bit about like from week one to week two. Like, what are, like what are we looking for? There's a huge trend line that that mm-hmm. I really do love, and you you might hear this um, other places. You're uh, spoiler alert. You're gonna hear it later on in the podcast. But teams that go zero and two, I believe, have like a seventy five percent chance to. To not, I, I said the so back. I said the so backwards. <laughs> I get what you're saying. If you go zero and two, it's virtually statistically you you will not make the playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is a nice Season's little over. system where a home team that's zero and one playing a road team that's one and zero is uh, very profitable. And mm-hmm. someone on this panel has one of those. That's definitely something that you want to target. Um, two zero and zero and one teams, you're definitely going to want to look and see who has. More motivation. So, um, if there's a team that maybe had Super Bowl aspirations, they're 0-1-1 playing another 0-1-1 team, mm-hmm. you could definitely get some handicap motivation yeah. 
out of this week. So week two is a fun one to bet. Week one, I would probably say, is one of the easiest to bet. Mm-hmm. And uh, week two is a good one because you could really play into the market overreactions, which yeah. we will be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll definitely discuss those. Um, but first, I'd like to ask you guys a couple questions today. Oh. It's time for John Asks. into a, uh, a more uh, educational, inspirational, parenthetical uh, part of the podcast. Uh, thank you for joining me here on John Asks. Uh, I have a question, guys. Um, this, I think a lot of the uh, intrigue around the first week were the young quarterbacks. What's Joe Burrow going to do? Okay. Kyler Murray, is he going to take a big leap? How about Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold? Who's you know who's taking the the next step to be the franchise guy? Mm-hmm. I have a question for you guys on the opposite end of the spectrum. I want to know based on the performances that you saw out of the quarterbacks on their teams that have won Super Bowls: Aaron Rodgers, huh. Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady. Who do you feel most trustworthy and confident in moving forward? Well, uh, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and jump in front of the train, and uh, this, <laughs> this pains me to say it, but um, despite. Me thinking that the Packers' uh, stat explosion last week was more of an indicator of how bad the Vikings uh, managed their offseason. And really, um, that encapsulates how stupid it is to pay a quarterback $90 million. Because you lose everyone, you can't pay the role players anymore. Um, I will say it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Mainly because there is one tiny motivation factor that I, I didn't see with the Jordan Love draft pick. It was one of those things where um, I saw it as, oh, they're going to be changing the guard, and I never considered that it would be to light a fire under Aaron Rodgers. And with Aaron Rodgers with a lit fire and the way that their schedule starts out with some mm-hmm. easy competition, I think that I trust in Rodgers the most because, um, you know, Roethlisberger is coming off of the injury, which I also was a little bit incorrect, and I thought he'd be zipping, mm-hmm. but he looked a little rusty. Uh, breeze is Breeze. Um, but I think yeah. he might be a little bit of a slave to the talent around him. Okay. He needs them yeah. to make plays. He doesn't yeah. really throw it in the air anymore. Mm-hmm. He dumps off, and it's all the skill of Kamara and Thomas and such. And then, um, who's the last one? Uh, Brady. Oh, it's a oh. local system quarterback, yes. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, <laughs> uh, out of all of them, looked the worst. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers. Cool. Yeah, I completely agree. Some of the throws that Rodgers made were just classic, like, Rodgers-esque on the run, just a dart to the back of the end zone. Plus, I mean, having Devontae Adams obviously helps a lot, but uh, there was a lot of throws that he made that were just right on the money. Um, granted, it was against the Vikings' bad secondary, right. but you still have to make a lot of the throws, and he was really zipping them in there. Yeah, and interesting thing to bring up, too, is that uh, the winning ticket Stat Boys ha- bestowed upon us NFL <laughs> Game Pass. So I've watched film on almost every single game, and yeah. I watched that live, as you guys know. I'm big Vikings fan, so I watched all of it. And, um, yeah, really, there were some horrible mismatches. Also, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who uh, had a, a long touchdown, he also dropped two more of those. So the, wow. it could have been a lot worse. The Packers realistically could have hung 70 on them. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, if, if the so Packers Rogers didn't hurt the themselves. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's and, a, he's, he's, gonna, he's and, definitely going to But you're, you'll hear later, Rodgers Rogers is uh, the best out of all of them, but yeah. at the same time, the Vikings secondary, it might be historically bad. Wow. Wow. 
Okay. Which you could hear back on our NFC preview episode, which <laughs> yeah, that's somehow, right. I think it got lost in the shuffle. It only has nine plays. Oh, which come on, is, guys. Which is a big <laughs> AFC podcast, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. insane, because every other one is in, in our average in the in the triple or quadruple figures, and that one has nine, so I, I'm going to check the audio on that, make sure that it works. <laughs> Might have to but, go back. Yeah, very interesting, but I did take the Vikings yeah. under um, eight and a half, which was available to everyone. Mm-hmm. I also took an alternate line yeah. of Vikings under seven and a half gotcha. for plus 210. And that I feel very good yeah. about. Yeah, no, so I I kind of agree. I mean, it's obviously looking at just week one alone. We're very high on Rodgers because he had a great game. Roethlisberger did knock off some rust. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that the Steelers, out of all of those teams, are probably in the best position to make the playoffs. And that's even with the Chiefs and the Ravens locking up at least two of the spots. Mm-hmm. The Ravens potentially winning the division, but the Steelers, you know, can come back too. Um, but Ben looks like he's good. Funny enough, I looked at so so now to the NFC uh, South. Drew Brees is. <laughs> Oddly being phased out of the offense, it feels like, <laughs> because Taysom Hill is on more plays. Did, were they the team that ran a wildcat play? I could be thinking of another one. Yeah, um, probably. But like, like, there was a specific one last week. I just felt like it was a lot of Alvin Kamara without Michael Thomas putting up numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, it really felt like they found kind of every reason to take Drew Brees out of the play yeah, very, somehow. Very interesting. Um, week one, I think that some coaches were kind of testing out stuff because there was no preseason. Yeah. Um, Taysom Hill actually had his first pass attempts since, I believe, 2018. Wow. Um, the other day, That's which I was shocked to even see him yeah. throw one, I think career that brings his tally up to eight despite mm-hmm. him being listed as a uh, quarterback on the depth yeah. chart so very interesting also the Colts did some uh, weird chicanery with Jacoby Brissett being in it, it, it oh, got, blo- yeah, that's it got right. blown up it was that. like a one time only it was really uh-huh. stupid that's because it's a dumb play that's yeah, why yeah. it's very very <laughs> Usually rarely works. And then uh, Brady on the Bucks. I mean, that first drive is is kind of what I guess all Buccaneers fans wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially with Brady punching it in at you know age what, yeah. 43. Uh, but after that, it just all seemed to go downhill. The Janoris Jenkins interception. It was just yeah, like yeah. it was. It was a tough watch. I, I think for those who are more optimistic about the Buccaneers, I'm definitely going to be on that game a little bit later. You're going to hear uh, my full take on the Bucks, and uh, maybe they have some coaching problems that a lot of yeah. people don't see. But I think mm-hmm. the one thing to remember is that the Bucks' offensive scheme suits a seven-step drop or shotgun guy, guy that can extend the play and throw the ball downfield. 40, 35 yards, 30 yards outside the numbers. Tom Brady doesn't do that. When he throws outside the numbers, he doesn't have the arm strength anymore, so it gets picked off. Mm-hmm. That's a Janoris Jenkins play in a nutshell. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be – I can't wait to hear more of your, your, your Buccaneers info. That was a team – there's always the team of hype. I admittedly was on that hype train. And mm-hmm. still, I'm not ready to press. It's only been one week, right. so you can't right. press the panic button on any of these teams. Mm-hmm. Maybe save for the New York Jets. Uh, but, you know, it's 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 important to, I guess, just look back. And, and what was great about that game specifically, it was the Saints and Buccaneers. So these are like the, the toast of that division. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially what some would call a playoff preview. And if that is indeed the case, if the Buccaneers don't shape up, right, they're in big, big trouble right. because there's no way they're going to be able to face a, mm-hmm. a, a Saints-like NFC competition. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. And, and since nobody heard it, uh, there is a steak dinner bet. Uh, Zach yes, and John are on, yep. are on the Bucks to win the NFC South. <laughs> Looking bad on that and, one. <laughs> me, and Joel, me, Joe, and Mikey are on the right side. Dude, after after the, the Brady Brady's first drive, uh, I was just... I was distraught. Like, don't what am I? Why am I betting against right. Tom Brady? What have I done? Yeah. <laughs> but I then feel he, like it's... Uh, you know, he proved me right. That he's a system quarterback and a bum <laughs> and an that. old man. Yeah. I feel like it's gonna it's gonna be a fun roller coaster year for both of those teams. The Saints will probably have much more mm-hmm. success, but 
you know, I'll be rooting for the Buccaneers. So, so speaking of, um, you know, bets that we were sweating out or scared about, do we want to go into bad beats and clean Yes. Beats? Yes, we should. All right. So just a, production, away, a production note. Um, I wanted, uh, well, actually, I'm working on a new sounder. And um, I was unable to get the audio into my email. <laughs> Sorry, it's hard. But anyway. Mike, um, you want to put... So what we usually do, we'll do that. Yes. We put 60 seconds on the clock yes. okay, to kind of at least... Kind of like pat yourself on the back right. for the good stuff. And then vent about the shit that you didn't get right. And then after 60 seconds, it's done. We're Absolutely. on to week two, right? I'll right. start us off if you guys want. Yeah, 60 seconds on the clock now. I probably won't need it because I was 2-0-1. <laughs> and um, the one thing I will say the is... The dick on this man. <laughs> I, I will say I was I was 4-1 in the Super Contest, and it's because of the Chargers. And I said on this podcast that I did not want them minus 3.5. And, and lo and behold, stupid me, going back like a like a abused... Lover to a harmful <laughs> spouse. Gosh. I went to the I went to the Chargers because I, I was like I'm gonna trust my my research and um, at that point I took the Chargers minus three and a half and I, I think my biggest miss was that I thought Tyrod Taylor would be good and not saying that like uh, I'm not gonna sit here and be like well he's bad so like that's what happened no I just he wasn't as sharp as I thought I thought that he would really excel and um, he was pretty bad against the the lowly lowly Bengals who actually got themselves into some cluster injuries. Uh, both D tackles out, mm-hmm. uh, a couple offensive linemen lost in the middle of the game. Mm-hmm. I, I I know that the the big thing is uh, the the missed field goal, but the, yeah, the Chargers kind of suck. <laughs> and, the, and the other games, I, I absolutely nailed, so I'm rich. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and time that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, uh, I th- I think that game in particular was just that was not what a lot of people expected. Probably more fanfare, more firepower out of probably uh, both of those teams, if you think about it. You mm-hmm. wanted to see a little bit more from Joe Burrow, and you definitely wanted to see more out of these Chargers who were touted as, like, now we're moved on from Phillip Rivers. It's almost like let's get back to that winning formula that, you know, w- yeah. with, without Rivers yeah. holding them back. Yeah, they came up big time flat. Yeah, oh, and it was one of those time. things where I guess home field matters a little bit more than we had thought, and... um yeah, it was very interesting. Uh, during the game, I was really upset that I was on that side. Yeah, <laughs> the Bengals looked a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right, Mikey, give me give me sixty. I'll go through it. Um, I'll need about eight seconds. Uh, I went <laughs> I went five and on the super contest. Like I said, I may never lose another bet again. Michael W. Hoffman does not lose bets. There we he go. wins them. There we go. That's there the, the W is William for for those. For those at home, Mikey Bill, but Mikey yeah, winning. That's great, and that, that's that's part of it. That's clean sweeps, and you know, despite me having a push on the ledger, I yeah. used uh, all fifty-eight seconds of my of my, <laughs> my cap to complain about the charge. Yeah, but John, no, let's let's hear it. Let's that's give okay. this man a minute. Hey, listen, a push is not a loss, so mm-hmm. that's good. All right, uh, so I like to go. What went wrong first? <clears throat> I had two uh, units on the Jets and Bills game. One was just the under on the game total, which was thirty nine and a half, and the final score I think was forty four. So I was off by by more than a possession. Not my sharpest. Um, and this was even when the Bills were kind of uh, they were good on offense for some drives, and then bad on offense. Committed turnovers. Didn't didn't punch it in the red zone. Uh, and I really just I think I underestimated how good the Bills were going to be. Um, the Jets, I think I kind of nailed. They were bad. Although, yeah. admittedly, like, they had that... What was that one touchdown to Jamison Crowder? That, so, that like, probably, like, messed, I have, messed I have a, me I up. I have a lot on that. Right? And, uh, 
And, uh, sorry. I just, uh, no, you're good. This uh, your, so, your minute. And then they both uh, went over 25. Again, I was off by a field goal for the Bills side. What I did get right, though, I sweated it out, but the Cowboys did wind up scoring two touchdowns, 14 points in the first half of Sunday Night Football. Wow, was I nervous about that. Um, you know, I'm glad. And you might see, you might be seeing another Sunday Night Football uh, first half bet coming Ooh. up later. So I uh, just wanted to pre- proceed that. He's not singing. Let's go. I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm not so singing this. John avoids uh, singing, which actually, yeah. out of all of us, if you want any of us to sing, it's John because he is a <laughs> he is a thespian. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's funny too because I um, also want to plug our Instagram at Winning TAX Pod. Yes. We uh, posted a graphic of our pretty much our locks of the week, and I yeah. think we're gonna get Mikey involved, maybe Chris too, mm-hmm. and we're gonna see how we did. But we went three and one in that one. Yeah. So um, guys, free to follow three and one in picks. Right. Pretty damn good. Thankfully, that was the one I put on the graphic for myself was my winner. <laughs> You got John's only win, so yes. it's definitely <laughs> worth a follow. Definitely. All right, guys. I think with that said, let's go into the Big Bank. Big Bank Picks. That's right, guys. And as your leader in the Big Bank, I will start us off with a good one. And, guys, I have so many notes on this one because, um, as I had referenced, I watched a lot of film on this game. But um, I'll just give you the play. For a unit and a half, I'm going to go Bills minus five and a half at minus 110. Um, let's start with the Dolphins. The Dolphins played a team in the Patriots that run schematically kind of the Bills offense with mm-hmm. Cam Newton, RPOs, pulling the ball, running with the quarterback, running the ball. Actually, the Dolphins last week faced 42 run plays out of 63 total plays, which was something that the Dolphins defense got absolutely battered. Cam Newton had nine design runs, or I'm sorry, Cam Newton actually had 11 design runs. Yeah. Josh Allen had mm-hmm. nine designed run carries. 14 total carries, two lost fumbles. So the one thing that basically the, the, the summary of what I'm going to uh, about to tell you is that the Bills, despite winning by a lot, are undervalued still. I think that this should be a touchdown easily because the Bills gave up five red zone possessions empty. They made it to the red zone eight times and only scored three times. That's horrible. We had two Josh Allen fumbles. Um, and two missed field goals, and I'm not sure what happened to the last one. Against but a bad anyway, defense, nonetheless. Yeah, against the lowly Jets. Right. Um, I really think that because of the Dolphins getting beat up on Cam Newton runs, I, and knowing who they're playing in Josh Allen, I think that the, the Dolphins linebackers are going to cheat. They're going to bite Ron on every single RPO. Josh Allen's going to have a huge throwing day. The Bills also had that ball control. The Jets had the second least amount of time in possession. The Bills ran 81 plays. Defense is nice and healthy, nice and rested. They're going to go play the Dolphins, who last week, to much to my chagrin and much to my uh, confusion, gave the ball to Miles Haskins. Miles Haskins had 13 <laughs> touches. The Dolphins only ran 58 plays. Miles Haskins is a quarter of the Dolphins, guys. Uh, excuse me, I'm, I'm combining two people. Miles Gaskin, Gaskin, yes. There we go. That's no okay. relation to Dwayne. Sorry about that. Uh, I, I'm also low on Dwayne Haskins. A, a Dwayne head. Anyway, we're, we're starting out sharp here. Um, but, yeah, but still, I, that was that's way too much of yeah, that. Yeah, I think offensively, you know? Miami's lost. The three Fitzpatrick picks um, were bad reads. I watched them. I watched it back. Uh, it's not like it was a tip or anything fluky. It was just straight up. He read the wrong thing. Didn't see a linebacker. I think Fitzpatrick's um, magic of him running around and like making things happen. I think that's kind of over. I think the Bills are a better team than people think, and they're a better team than the spread indicates. Um, Bills minus five and a half. I honestly like it up to a touchdown. Nice. I'm curious why that like why that was the line that was set. 
That just seems like an odd one because the Bills did win pretty handily against the Jets. Mm -hmm. The Dolphins, maybe some people are tricked because they kept it within ten against New England. Yeah, I, I think that I think that what what happens is um, they give the the books give a little bit of points of they, it's not necessarily who the books think will win it's mm -hmm. who they think that people will bet on gotcha and I think that they're they're going to be catching some bills love I really think before kickoff this will get around six and a half I know some places even have sixes available right now so five and a half is available on DraftKings right now sure um also I hate to get into the weeds with injury reports but based on my handicap about Josh Allen throwing mm -hmm. more because the linebacker is going to be crowding the line to make sure he doesn't run. Um, I do like a Josh Allen prop of over pass yards. Okay. Going to have to crunch that. You're going to see that on the Slack channel. Definitely will be playing that. And also, injury reports are seeing Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, two excellent corners that the Dolphins have. Mm -hmm. Both did not practice today on Thursday, which mm -hmm. does not bode well for Sunday. So I'm going to be watching the injury report, and um, if that happens, I'm going to be firing on the Allen over pass yards. Maybe even Allen under rush yards, because I really think Miami, schematically, they have to try to take away the quarterback design runs. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm also from watching, you know, I didn't catch all the New England game, but watching the Dolphins, it just was like, where's the fight in this team? Mm. And, and Miami's just been kind of lost for a number of years, wouldn't you say? I mean, I mean, uh, between riding Fitzpatrick, between shuffling their running backs around, right? The Dolphins have like a new starting running back every week. Yeah, they, they, like, the, the, the weird thing know, was they, they signed I'm, Brita and Howard, and they were both completely ineffective. So I think the reason why uh, Miles Gaskin got so much touches, uh, I think it's because he was just the one that was effective and the other ones yeah. weren't. I'm sure that was never a part of the game plan. Right, but, yeah. Yeah, also some, some injury news on the Dolphins too. Devontae Parker got shaken up. Uh, yeah. And other news, the grass is green. I mean, <laughs> Parker yeah. gets hurt every single week. So, yeah, it's just something that um, I am scared. I would probably say long-term, hitching my wagon to the Dolphins um, each week, mainly because at any given time they could give two of his first action in the NFL. There you go, yeah. And you, it's just too high variance. I don't know what to yeah. make of that, and I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you. I think it could have been a, a worse loss too for the Dolphins because uh, Nikhil Harry had a fumble at the goal line that right. actually went out of the end zone for a touchback. So they were going in again, but mm -hmm. ended up going the other way. Um, I feel like there was another like a weird turnover or something like that. I don't know. I could be wrong. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, Cam definitely looked like he just kind of dominated on the ground. Yeah. More than anything else. I have some. Yeah. I, I have some Cam stats, and uh, I'll just I'll just tease it right now. But we're going to talk about it later. Uh, Cam Newton was 15 of 19, and his four incompletions. One was batted down, and one was a, a horrific drop, like a DeAndre Swift level drop. <laughs> I think it was like a drop by Edelman. Too. Yeah, it was like, like over the open. middle. Is that going to happen again? Probably over not. over the middle, and he hit him yeah. right in right between the ones, and it was a drop. <laughs> so uh, very interesting. Cam Newton only had two incomplete yeah. passes in my mind. Wow, wow, yeah. I I want to talk about the Pats. Um, you know what? Why don't we just talk about it now? Uh, this is one of my big bank picks. This is uh, pa Patriots under nine and a half points in the first half. So okay. back doing a Sunday night football first half. I'm 1-0. Mm. Let's see if I can make it 100% 2-0. Um, why do I like this? Uh, we're talking about um, New England's new-look offense without Tom Brady. This is a team that is a run-first identity. Um, and I don't think... This, this is my problem with that. That can be sustained as teams kind of get used to your scheme. Um, we've seen what's been happening with the Ravens. Uh, teams have been selling out to stop the run, and now Lamar Jackson is learning how to beat them through the air. So I think that right now the phase for the Patriots and other teams is 
the Patriots still have to figure out their passing game. I mean, Cam Newton, I know he's suffered some injuries. He's getting a little long in the tooth. You know, he's, he's still, a, I think, a good passer. But I think that Belichick wants him, if he had the choice between the two, to run. So what does that mean? Longer drives, and I think ultimately less opportunities for points. And because they're playing Seattle, I also think the Seattle defense is just much better than what they found in Miami. So it's going to be less possessions and then less and less just less uh, points scored, less touchdowns at the end of the I like day. That as well. Yeah, especially on a Sunday night game against another Super Bowl contending team. Yeah, two Super Bowl contending teams. I right. can see them coming out slow, just you know, trading right. you know, long drives. Oh yeah, especially the way that Cam runs isn't like Lamar. Like Lamar can run for a touchdown any play. Yeah, right. Because yeah. he's that electric. But Cam will be like. Eight yards, right? Methodical. He'll, he's yeah. not as fast as he used to be. Right. It's very calm. Belichickian. Yeah. Because yeah. Belichick probably dictates, well, this play you should probably yeah. gain 11, yeah, 12 yards. Yeah, he'll probably gain eight yards for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got him here. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Friend of the podcast, thanks for stopping uh, yeah, right. my book. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's funny because I actually am going to pile on on this because I have a full game total oh, on this. I have um, yeah. the under because uh, obviously, as we had said, uh, John, the Patriots ran the ball. 42 times out of 63 total plays, grinded them down. Yeah. A lot of them are RPOs, and Cam is more comfortable pulling it. Yep. Um, honestly, I think that if you are going to ask Pete Carroll into getting into a runoff, he would love that. He just loves <laughs> using Chris yeah. Carson. Chris Carson going to have good 40 touches. Which, and what's crazy is I feel like this is the year where, where the, I guess the seesaw is starting to tilt a little bit uh, in, in uh, favor of Russell Wilson throwing the ball. Um, mm-hmm. And I know it's only one game, but Russell Wilson threw it a ton against the Falcons. Yeah. Um, so what I think here with the Patriots is they're going to find themselves going on long drives, maybe settling for a field goal here or there throughout the entire game, mm-hmm. not just the first half. But then as the game goes on and on, they're going to find that Seattle keeps putting up points. So what's going to happen? More throws for Cam Newton. I don't think he's going to be effective. More incompletions, more punts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I'm finding. I think they're gonna take a while to adjust to that. I think Seattle's gonna get it to a hot start, and New England's gonna start playing catch up early. So I'm gonna get the Pats under points before Bill Belichick goes to the locker room to, to make an adjustment, which we know he can do very well. Yeah. Um, just one other thing I wanted to add uh, was that uh, the Patriots were indeed 32nd last. In mm-hmm. passing yards last week, 140. Yeah, and that's nothing. Because they only had 15 completions. Right. They, they didn't even try it. Exactly. It, wasn't even part it, of the it, game wor- it worked. Yeah. Their running game. There was actually um, one play that I remember watching yeah. in film that I was like, "This is a Tom Brady play." It was a three-step drop, hit a slant, um, you know, boom, 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 ball out, and it was incomplete. Cam Newton yeah. hit the guy in the knee. Yeah. So <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. You can't do that anymore. Right. And and uh, they also. Um, had 200 so they had the they had the least pass yards the most rushing yards which is it sounds like it makes sense but i feel like that never happens where like mm-hmm. you you're yeah. at the exact opposite side of the spectrum yeah. 217 rushing yards falcons only had 72 rushing yards against seattle mm-hmm. last week um so what what this means probably more than anything else if we're just following the math is as we always like to say regression to the mean so you know the passing yards probably won't go up by that much but the rushing yards are definitely coming down mm-hmm. oh, i yeah. just think that New England's game plan against this hot Seattle team is going to be ineffective, which is why I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that is at plus 104. Wow. So okay. um, I found a number that I liked, 9.5. John was getting plus odds on the board early. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you, you know, I'm going to be talking about the full game uh, because I have that in a bet um, a little bit later on. But I think um, I'm just going to go into my second one, and then, yep. we'll, and then we'll hear from uh, the King Mikey. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go Vikings... Colts over 48. I think that this is one that 
Um, a lot of people, like we were saying, I think before we were recording, is that a lot of people adjusted the Packers and the Vikings last week due to um, what they saw. And you see the Vikings, and it shows up on the stat sheet as the Vikings had 7.8 yards per play. Well, the reason is they didn't have the ball. They only had 18 <laughs> minutes time of possession. In the first half, people were texting me as the resident Viking fan. People were texting me saying, wow, the Vikings are getting killed. I sent them the time of possession stats. The Packers had the ball for 23 minutes in the first half. Wow. The Vikings had the ball for 7 minutes. There That's was, unprecedented. There was tone deafness all around in the play calling, but in the second half when the Packers weren't playing tight coverage, Kirk Cousins is good enough against a prevent defense to get the Vikings some points. So, guys, if you listen to the NFC um, preview episode, which only nine of you did, which is weird. <laughs> but anyway, um, I was under the Vikings this year, and it's because they lost nine starters in one of their packages. Oh, that package, you ask? They had to play that 70% of the time against the Packers. So there were some really wow. bad mismatches. Uh, Devontae Adams on Mike Hughes, who's a first-rounder, you should... You know, you would expect that uh, Mike Hughes would do something against him, but he couldn't. Um, there was also Holton Hill was stuck on Lazard a couple times. Uh, Cam Dantzler was a draft pick this year. He got destroyed. Um, yeah, just n- not a lot of uh, uh, Jeff Gladney as well. He was didn't look good. Vikings cornerbacks are a huge problem this week. I think Phillip Rivers, as I was mentioning... Uh, he looks a little little long in the tooth now, uh, throwing some yeah. some short uh, short arming, some outs, which is always going to be a pick if you throw an out and you don't get it there with some zip. I think the Colts are good enough. They're going to be coming out hot and motivated. I think they're going to put up points. I think the Vikings are also going to respond and put up points. Um, so I like the over here. Also, um, NFL average is 47.5, so the books are saying that this game is going to be at league average uh, slightly. I think the Vikings secondary is way worse than people are saying. Um, also, some stats on the Vikings when it comes to following a loss against the spread under Mike Zimmer. They are 78%. Wow. Um, so, full game, I do lean the Vikings plus three. Uh, I just think it's going to be a lot of uh, penalties moving the ball up the field. Mm-hmm. The Colts last week gave the Jaguars five first downs via penalty, and Xavier Rhodes was responsible for two of them because he can't keep his hands to himself. <laughs> um, yeah, Xavier Rhodes' revenge game, I think he's going to be grabbing and pulling uh, every Vikings wide receiver that comes his way. It's going to be pick sixes. There's going to be DPIs. There's going to be holdings, free first downs. I think this is a classic over game. I, I honestly like this all the way up to 49.5 almost. Wow. I, I love that take, Dean, because it's looking at two teams coming off of losses that are saying, let's regroup, we're better than this, mm-hmm. and I think that you're right in both defenses, uh, you know, allowing for the offenses to really get, get going. I know Phillip Rivers wants to prove that he's better than what he is. Mm-hmm. The Vikings certainly want to say, hey, listen, week one, division rival, let's get past this shit. It's an aberration, um, and, and their schemes could work against each other to really push this even higher. Um, so, so you're thinking, so if it's, I'm trying to think of what, what a realistic score could be then, if you're looking for that over to hit. Uh, you're, you're looking at maybe like, like a 24-27? Yeah, I was just thinking that. that too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be high scoring for, cool. uh, for sure, mainly because it, it, there, I can see this going one of two ways. One, the Colts come out hot, the Vikings have to respond, so that, that yep. goes well for the over. One, uh, another one is the Vikings get ball control and um, go down and score a touchdown, but then their secondary is so bad. Mm-hmm. With the Colts throwing for catch-up, yeah. uh, I mean, they're going to put up points. Yeah, they have to. Yeah, right. There's no other way around it. 
Exactly. Mikey, you want to hit us with a, with a pick of yours? I know you're not officially sure. in the big bank competition mm-hmm. here. Yeah, not in the big bank. But this, you guys get a little bonus here. I wish yeah. I was with this pick. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you. All right, so I got the Las Vegas, the new Las Vegas Raiders, uh, plus six Ooh. against the uh, home against the uh, New Orleans Saints. Nice. So let me break this down for you. Uh, on Sunday, late Sunday, when uh, this week's lines came out, um, they the Raiders were uh, plus five and a half. Then a few days later, Michael Thomas got ruled out for a few weeks. And the line, instead of like, you know, when a big player goes out, you'd think the line would be moving, you know, against that. Uh, like we saw that Von Miller got ruled out. The line, the Titans were favored by maybe, uh, it was, I think, two and a half mm-hmm. after yeah. it was pick them yeah. a week. Mm-hmm. Just because of one defensive player who we know wouldn't really be, uh, that might make that much of a difference points-wise. Yeah, uh, Michael Thomas is one of the most important player on the field. So you'd think he's a, he's worth a point, point and a half. But instead the line went up to plus six. So mm-hmm. you, I'm already getting value there when it should be, you know, the Saints are without right. their most valuable player, one of the more valuable players in the uh, in the league. Oh, yeah. Um, sure, also, certainly. Also the first uh, first home game for the Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, we know it's a gambling mm. town. Uh, I know there's not going to be any fans there, um, but it's, it's still, you know, the buzz is in the air. The yeah. players are excited to be in a new place. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, they haven't really had much success as of late yeah. in Oakland. Um, so We, we you know, saw that with the Rams last week right. uh, in yeah. SoFi Stadium, which they I, should, I should have picked up better on. Um, but, yeah, they came out hot. And there is something to say about, hey, this is our new stadium, this is our house. Right. Let's go and win one. Yeah, and especially we were talking about Drew Brees before. doesn't really have a lot of zip on his throws anymore. That's why Michael mm-hmm. Thomas is such a valuable player for him because mm-hmm. he just, you know, he's a short yardage route running guy. Yeah, gets he, some nice, like, get some third down conversions right. when you need him. But without him to lean on, He's going to have to either rely on you know Kamara out of the backfield mm-hmm. or trying to stretch the field with Sanders. Right. I don't know if, if he can do that anymore. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a, a huge key injury that I don't think that yeah. the, the books really adjusted to that I, much. I, I, this is strange, and, and I apologize for not having more of the mathematical side of this, but I just feel like lately when I've been watching the Saints, those big Kamara plays are just fewer and far between now. Where they do, he, he does run it. He sometimes breaks off for, but like maybe for like an eight to you know to twelve mm-hmm. yard run. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing a lot of those big breakaways anymore. So if that's going to be their offense, which is essentially Chucky Checkdown, you know, yeah. I think the the Raiders are probably in a better position to to maybe pull off the uh, pull off an upset potentially, I, I but certainly so, yeah. to cover the one possession. Yeah. yeah, I think it's one of those things where uh, the Raiders' ball control last week was really on display, where they were. Running the Panthers into the ground, Josh yeah. Jacobs had three touchdowns. Um, it was one of those things where the Raiders really kind of kept the ball away from the Panthers. Um, if they could do that to the Saints, I mean, that's always the the kind of the strategy when you play a good quarterback: keep the ball out of his hands, and he can't beat you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm very interested in that one. That'd be cool. All right, I'll go into my second big bank pick, and uh, I apologize for it being uh, pretty standard by most betters. Uh, you know, estimations. You look at a team that was a Super Bowl team last year going up against the team that most people have already dictated is the worst team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I actually took an alternate line. Uh, instead of the Niners minus 7, I said for an extra, it's an extra minus 10, so it's my, for minus 120. Let me get a key number. Niners minus 6.5 against the Jets. There's just that little glimmer. I know the Jets pulled off that upset of the Cowboys last year, and it's like, I do like, you have visions. You think it should be okay. They should be able to cover seven. They should be able to win the game outright, of course. Um, but what I'm liking here really is is a number of things. Um, the Jets. I did look up the stats. They were the they had the third worst yardage on offense last week, 254. I mean that's that's just 
that's just rough. A lot of their game was in garbage time too. Yeah, yeah exa- even, exactly. So, and, and, yeah. So fun fact about the the Jets' uh, time of possession: they actually tied with the Vikings as the least amount of wow. time of possession. Okay. They had they had the ball for eighteen minutes. Wow. Okay. Which uh, league average? I mean, realistically, if it's a close game, it it's, should be, be should be close almost. to thirty minutes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so they were about twelve minutes under yeah. the time of they possession. Almost had only nothing a worked. And John, actually, you mentioned off the yeah. top the the Crowder touchdown. Yes. And, sorry, I didn't mean to step on. No, no, it's okay. But um, I was watching the film back. Sam Darnold. 14 incompletions and my ledger I marked down 11 of them were bad throws wow um, it's very lazy to say that oh the Jets have no offensive line um, Sam Darnold runs into guys that are engaged in blocks so it's really not his fault and <laughs> honestly, Mark Sanchez. honestly it's one of those things I, he's literally seeing ghosts and it looked like he's seeing ghosts on the film uh, it's which was a things, problem last year absolutely it's yeah. a, it looks like the, the problems following him <laughs> but it's one of those things too where um, I'm going to bring you to a key scenario here sure. that I marked down in my notes uh so, Jets are down 21 nothing. 15 seconds left in the second quarter. Jets have no timeouts. They are driving down. Maybe make it a, a score a touchdown, make it a respectable game. Down 14 going in the half. Cool. The play call, a bubble screen to Jamison Crowder Ugh. to get three yards. They spike and they kick a field goal. 21 yeah. to 3 gives you that is nothing so, there. That is so Jets, though. So it's funny on the like Jameson that. Crowder uh, touchdown, uh, the Bills were actually in the middle of a pre snap, or they were in the middle of a defensive audible uh, because Tremaine Edmonds was, and Matt Milano were both gotcha. out of the game. They had a new signal caller. They were in the middle of, of switching personnel. Bubble screen to give up. Adam Gase literally says, I don't believe in you, Sam Darnold. Throw a bubble <laughs> screen. Threw a bubble screen to Jameson Crowder, and no one was on that side of the field because right. they were switching. Cost they had a new play caller. Flukiest gotcha. touchdown of all time. Right, and so that and that went for how many yards? If you think about it, Uh 69. 69. So out of so so take that play out, and the Jets had less than two hundred yards of offense. They yeah. couldn't even cover the football field twice. I mean, that's insane. Um, now on the other side of this, now the team that I'm really watching, right? It's it's easy to just say, oh well, Jets are bad. Let's bet against them. Mm-hmm. But the Niners, let's look at what they just did. Um, they were they were in San Francisco, Arizona. San Francisco. Oh, they were in yeah. San Francisco. Yeah, so they had the, uh, the air quality concerns. Oh, that's right. Yeah. right. That's right. Can you believe that? That's an issue in 2020. <laughs> uh, yeah. The Niners, so they dropped one at home to a division rival, and guess what? Both the Rams and the Seahawks also won. So guess who's in last place in the division? Oh, I like it. Yeah. Extra motivation. Extra motivation. I wouldn't necessarily say the Heat is quite turned on, but listen, the rest of that division wins. They're two and zero, and you're zero and two against the lowly Jets. You have a really big problem. Well, well, if you subscribe to the zero and two, never making the playoffs yeah. thing, um, yeah, then I I would definitely see max motivation. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's funny because early, you know, in our NFC episode, again, only nine plays. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I was really down, and still am pretty down on the Niners. I don't think that they're they're mm-hmm. definitely not a Super Bowl team, and 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 I think they're a fringe playoff team. Um, but what I think this week, I just think that the better team will prevail, and I like them getting, uh, you know, getting six and a half. I'm sorry, giving six and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so it covers the touchdown. I think they should easily win by a touch. It does cover me just in case, yeah. you know, there's something fickle that happens. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in case it in, in case it is the actual touchdown, I don't push. I still win. Um, so I just I trust the better team to get the job done. I trust them to score more points. I know they're without George Kittle. Um, and, yeah, and I think he's still my player. Yeah, he's gonna play, but he's uh, yeah. like maimed. I, I, it's I, I it's weird because it's like if a player's not a hundred percent for me, it's like I can't. It's yeah, like I, I just can't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can't count on it. I can't say, well, George Kittle's going to clean up. Well, John, but, let, but, let, oh, yeah. let me ask you this, and this is the main yeah. reason why. I mean, I do have the, the Niners in my personal ledger. Mm-hmm. Um, 
a couple times, uh, even dating all the way back to July when yeah. it opened. Um, but John, I think the main thing that's keeping people off of this, uh-huh. of blasting it up to like ten and a half, yeah. is it's the West Coast playing on the East Coast at one o'clock. Mm, okay. So it's going to be an early start time for the 49ers. Yeah. Also, MetLife <laughs> Stadium, we've all gone to numerous games there oh, yeah. as a New Jersey-based podcast. Uh, the wind yeah. swirls kind of... Yeah. You know, kind of kick up Certainly. the ball a little bit. Jimmy G is bad at playing quarterback. Yeah. I think we could all agree on that. So right. um, I actually think that might kind of help the Niners in, the, in a sense because they're going to run the ball anyway. Sure. Um, so do, do you take any credence into the home field advantage? Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say for this, for this game in particular um, just because uh, – Whatever help the Jets were getting by Jets fans getting there, it's it's now at zero. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's yes, the travel time might affect it, but I just think this year has been so so weird with the COVID restrictions uh, and the other adjustment adjustments that teams have had to make. I I expect a Kyle Shanahan coached team to be you know well adjusted, well prepared. Uh, the urgency's there, like I said, and um, I I just it's it's. Hard to not say that I'm overreacting to week one by saying, okay, the Niners are still good. Okay, the Jets are still bad. But mm. I just think that there are like, you know, like you said before, the grass is green. The sky is blue. This mm. is just how the NFL is shaking out right now. And I even get to mention the Niners' defense. Still has Nick Bosa. Still has these players. And if Sam yeah. Darnold's seeing ghosts, then what, what in the world is going to see on Sunday? Yeah. Um, so there, There's nothing from the Jets tape that makes me want right. to like, rush to them. And it's one of those things, too. Where they're they're going to be probably the biggest home underdog. Yeah, this, week. this is this is kind of what I wanted, and I know this this handicap has gone on for way too long. Um, but I <laughs> no, just want to mention this because I, I, we know that the people at home are, are asking these questions. So yeah, that's why we want to get it's, get after. It's it. interesting because I think in week two, what you're saying is what what is the public overreacting to, and what should I be sharp about? Mm-hmm. And normally you would say to yourself, "Huh, the Jets getting seven. There might be value in that. They did pull off an upset. Mm-hmm. They did do this. They did do that." And but but when what I'm saying is this is not one of those situations because of of the motivations behind it and because of what we saw on the field. It, the Jets put up 17 fluky points. The Bills again in my per- personal powerings, the Bills still aren't that great. Mm-hmm. So if the Jets could barely perform against a division rival, I don't see is very good compared to still what was a Super Bowl team. I feel very comfortable laying a touchdown. And if this turns out into a blowout, well then you know we're gonna, we're going to be you know clicking our heels I think at the end of the game. Quarterbacks and coaches are much more magnified this year. Yeah, when yeah. there's less time to you know. Uh-huh. Like, just the difference, you know, in the COVID restrictions, like you mentioned before, and things like that, um, with the no fans as well. Yeah. And I'd much rather bet on Shanahan versus Gase. Yeah. And I'd much rather bet on Who, anybody, including yeah. the newborn baby versus Sam Dolan. <laughs> yeah. And G- Gase, who's probably in his last year, too. But they um, Jets fans could yeah. only hope. Yeah. Because he's literally the GM and the coach. But so I, that's he's, this. He's ingrained. Oh yeah. This, so that that's that's it. <laughs> so that's all I need to say about the Jets and the Niners. We can move on to the next. No, one. it's interesting. It's definitely something that I, I will be looking into sure. uh, um, uh, a lot more heavily. But guys, I think let's throw to um, some some beloved voices. Let's throw <laughs> to Zach first. Happy week two of the NFL season, listeners. This is Zachary Nasciolo coming to you live from the beautiful Long Beach Island because I am currently on vacation this week, so I'm unfortunately not going to be able to be there with the boys handicapping our week two slate. Uh, Just a reminder, week one, Big Bank. I believe I finished second only to Dean uh, with really all of my handicaps uh, holding 
holding pretty strong, uh, minus the big upset of the Colts. I was basically three for four. Gave you guys a great winner. My lock of the week in the Raiders, my two-unit play. Uh, Cardinals won outright, which I did have some money on. Also, money line in addition to the spread. Uh, and the Bears had a tremendous comeback, which they game they did not deserve to win. And let's get right into it, boys and girls. My first play this week is going to be for one unit. It is my hometown Giants playing at Chicago Bears. Uh, it is this time where I now fade the Bears. Uh, this line currently stands at plus five and a half. Uh, I think it's going to go up to six. But just in case, I'm going to do an alternate line. I have the Giants plus six and a half at minus 125. Why the Giants is because they proved to me that they are not going to be a basement dweller NFL team. And if they are, they're going to play in competitive games. Their defense was significantly more impressive than I thought they would be. Their offense, they're not going to be playing the same caliber line. They played against Pittsburgh, which is arguably the best line in the league right now. Uh, that game was legitimately two broken plays away from being super competitive. I think the Bears, to me showed that their defense is actually significantly weaker uh, than what I thought it was. And I think it was kind of a fluke coming back from, I believe, what, 17 points down in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think this is going to be a closely contested game that the Giants ultimately probably wind up losing on like a last-minute field goal. Um, I think the offense is not going to be an issue. The defense is going to hang tough. Don't like the rushing attack from the Bears. Uh, I still think Trubisky is vulnerable to make mistakes. You saw him missing throws left and right all over the field. We have drama with Allen Robinson right now. We don't know what's going on with him. He wants a trade. He wants a new contract. So he's kind of disgruntled. That could play a part into some distractions this week. It already has been. Um, for that reason, I am taking the Giants plus six and a half. My second play, I'm going to keep up with my teasers. This week, we are going with heavy favorites. I know this is frowned upon. However, we have the Chiefs minus 8.5 at the Chargers and the Niners minus 7 at the Jets. I'm doing a 6-point tease for one unit to make that the Chiefs minus 2.5 and, and the Niners minus 1. This is a fade of two teams that are lackluster, to say the least. Yes, the Niners still have an injury bug, but the Chiefs have proved to me week one they are still going to be a powerhouse. The continuity of that team coming into this season with very little offseason, they have not missed a beat. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looks like a monster, and they haven't even got him going on the receiving game. The Chargers had an offense problem. It's going to be conservative Tyrod. He's proven this time and time again. He's got to be able to throw the ball downfield. He's got to be more aggressive. Uh, you got to stop worrying about your completion percentage and let the ball fly. The Jets, oh my goodness, did they look bad. Wanted, granted, yes, Bills are a top defense, but the injuries at the wide receiver position, the offensive line, Mackie Becton's already uh, banged up already. Sam Darnold looks like he's seeing ghosts again. I am fading the Jets hard. Give me basically the two powerhouse teams this week to dominate their opponents. Six point tees. We got the Chiefs down to minus two and a half. All they got to do is win by three. Niners basically went outright. I like my chances on both of those. That will be for one unit. And Dean, I hope your ears perk up for my last play. My one unit play. How about this? We're going with a money line play, gents. I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings money line at plus 142. We'll call it plus 140 at Indianapolis Colts. So the Vikings are getting three on the day. I don't think they'll need it. Um, 
Rodgers really tore them apart last week, uh, and I'm really looking for them to rebound big. I know Dean is fading the Vikings this year, even though that's his team. But Indy didn't look too impressive to me. Mack out for the year now. Uh, their offensive line didn't hold up too well. Phil Rivers kind of getting bossed around a little bit. Yes, Rivers threw for a whole bunch of yardage, but when you lose to a team like Jacksonville week one, to me that really talks about your your team preparation, uh, what they did right and wrong. Obviously, there's some communication issues between the head coach and the quarterback. Rivers made some, some pretty stupid mistakes. Uh, they just really didn't do anything for me, and I think the Vikings kind of just came out a little flat. Uh, if you're asking me who I trust more to rebound, I'm taking Mike Zimmer and his his defense against the Phillip Rivers-led Colts. So eh, not, not the greatest handicap, but I, I have faith that the Vikings are going to come through and win this game outright to right their season, and the Colts will be looking for answers after week two. Uh, and that that's it, gentlemen. I hope you guys have a great podcast. Hope our listeners had a successful week one gambling, because I know I sure as hell did. I look forward to making a lot of money on week two. So with that being said, enjoy the rest of these big bank picks. All right. Great audio from Zach. Yeah, uh, thanks, bud. It, we, we know that you're here in spirit, and uh, you wish that you were cracking some of the boys in uh, cap and football. But yeah, we got we were lucky enough to get some audio from Zach uh, as his absentee ballot. But yeah, um, one thing I definitely want to discuss is uh, Vikings money line. I think we talked about it a little bit in my earlier handicap of how the Vikings are in the secondary. Um, it is definitely one of those things. I'm not sure. I don't remember if I brought it up, but Mike Zimmer is 13-2 and two against the spread after a loss. Mm-hmm. And he's also, yeah. or excuse me, that's with Kirk Cousins. As his quarterback, and um, I think it's twenty-two and six against the spread after a loss. So Zimmer really gets the guys uh, focused and really kind of hones in on them. So Vikings money line is not a, is not a bad play by any means. Mm-hmm. And we also discussed uh, the Niners and uh, John yeah. as now the stand-in Giants fan. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> uh, Giants plus six and a half. A little bit curious that yeah. Zach's laying fifteen cents a dollar. For not a key number. Uh, any thoughts there? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I was curious too why why it was bumped up to six and a half. Um, because five's a key number. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, safety, but it's <laughs> just in case. The, the the thing with the Giants that I saw from Monday night um, was an offense that's still in development, um, a defense that certainly played better than what we expected, and what I see. This is the thing that I'm, I'm having trouble with, which gives me pause, and I, I wouldn't have touched this game personally, is because um, with the Bears and the Lions, I don't know if the Bears actually are better than we thought and if the Lions are worse than we thought, because I think that is absolutely a possibility. So, you know, can the Giants give Mitch Trubisky fits? I think they can. Um, do I think that Mitch Trubisky can string together a couple of big games like he did last season? People forget that. He did, he did have a couple games where he'd throw three, four touchdowns a game. You know, that could happen too. Um, I just, for me, it's just there's still too much uncertainty with both of these teams. I guess in that vein, taking the Giants with the points is probably the better option of the two if you had to take this game. 
Um, but you know, I, I I'm curious to see like what the real identity of these teams are coming you know coming out of the uh, couple, end of the game. couple thoughts jump out to me and uh, and one answer for you. I think yeah. that the Bears and the Lions are both worse than we expected. Okay, I think especially the Lions because uh, you know uh, on that daunted NFC podcast that we somehow <laughs> continually bring up, um, we all have the Lions to win the division. Well, yeah. we I was convinced I was coerced, let's say, for the, for the Lions to win the division. Yeah. Um, no, it's one of those things where um, I did say that. As like a disclaimer that the Lions stink. Yeah. I know it's not very analytical of me, but that's my predisposition for everything. The Lions absolutely yeah. stink. But it's one of those things I think the Bears were also equally as bad, and they have no right of winning that game. DeAndre Swift was all alone, and uh, he <laughs> played defense against himself. But no, it's one of those things where, I must say, I do have a, a prop future on the Giants to have the worst uh, record in football, which is maybe a little bit too brutal after watching what I saw. I think that Joe Judge is like a hard nose, uh, Belichickian, Tom Coughlin esque <laughs> type of guy. He, I saw. I must say, I saw a lot of effort in that nine minute drive where they drove all the way down, and it was a uh, a deflected ball pick. Um, absolutely deflating to the Giants, but that was a very impressive drive mm-hmm. against, in my power rankings, one of the top five defenses in the NFL. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. I think it's a pass right now for me. Um, yep. You know, I, I think both teams are pretty talentless in, in some regard. I think Allen Robinson is going to give the Giants some fits because I definitely rank their defense very low. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of a pass for me, but uh, I was a little bit impressed from what I saw of the Giants. Sure, and yeah. I was not impressed by what I saw of the Bears. My mm-hmm. biggest concern is that I, we saw with the Steelers' defensive line and pass rush to the Giants on Monday night, it was like four guys in the backfield every play, even yeah. especially on run plays. Saquon had nowhere to go. Six yards on the night for Saquon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rushing. it was ridiculous. Like everything got swallowed up. It was like a loss of five every play. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I mean, the the Bears probably are going to have a lot of the same with their uh, yeah. excellent pass rush as well. So that's why I'd probably stay off the game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it'll be interesting to see for this Giants podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, listen, Giants we'll be we'll be rooting hard for them. <laughs> and I really do hope that the uh, Giants lose by six on the nose. So that so that oh, Zach could come and tell me that getting that that six and a half was was key. Oh, I, I really do hope that it's, it's two field goals. Gosh. <laughs> All right, and then you wanted to talk about uh, Zach's teaser. Yeah, so I'm actually going to save that really quick. Uh, let's get some, oh sure. Let's yeah. get some uh, audio from the other Hoffman. Uh, yeah. let, let's hear from Joe really. The quick. other empty uh, chair. One one of his uh, locks of the week. Hello, everyone. Stinky one and two on the Big Bank. Joseph here. That is my official new name for week two of the NFL season. A lot of big numbers here, a lot of big lines. Uh, So I went with a teaser for one of my Big Bank plays. Let's check out the other one. I got one unit to spend. I'm going Rams Eagles. I'm taking Eagles on the money line. Now, the issue here for me is, well, let's start with public perception. The public thinks that the Rams are a little better than what they are. The reason why I say this is because what America saw was Rams-Cowboys. They saw the first half. Everyone probably went to bed at halftime. I shouldn't say probably. Everyone most likely went to bed at halftime, and they saw the Rams take care of business. The score didn't really lead to that, but they really dominated the first half against a Cowboys team. It was kind of a good spot for the Rams. They had a, The Cowboys had a lot of new things to incorporate. They had some new pieces, and uh, they had some injuries, and the Rams just – Really took care of business on the first half. Again, score didn't show it, but the Rams ended up actually winning that game. So the public thinks the Rams uh, are a little bit better than they actually are, and they are very down on the Eagles because they were up 17-0 at half. And then finally, the injuries just caught up to them, and the Redskins ended up winning outright. Now, the Redskins were one of my – they were actually my only winner on the Big Bank. 
So you got to know that I was watching that game pretty close. So it looks like we're getting a much healthier Eagles team. Rager is going to be at 100%. Miles Sanders will be playing. Lane Johnson will be playing. Uh, so when you take all that into consideration, not to mention the Rams are going from L.A. all the way to Philly. This is a huge get-right spot for a home team who is 0-1 uh, going up against a road team that is 1-0. Now, the reason why I mentioned uh, real quick to wrap up the West Coast to East Coast is because the West Coast game ended at night, and then they go all the way to the East Coast. In reality, this game to the Rams feels like it might be a, a 6 o'clock in the morning type game, which statistically uh, always does not bode well for the West traveling East. So that's my official play, Eagles, money line. Let's get a dub. Great play from Joe. Um, of course, uh, uh, that's one that I kind of skipped, uh, mainly because I didn't really get a chance to break down the film of uh, Redskins-Eagles. I know the Redskins had the, the worst. Washington. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, there it is. Uh, the Washington team had the worst. Um, I believe the ratio was plays per first down. Um, so they were mm-hmm. very methodical and um, really Kind of, I'm not. I'm still not sure how they won that game. But Joe brought up some yeah. good, good points. It's a classic, uh, 0-1 team at home playing mm-hmm. a 1-0 team on the road, or, or yeah, I think I said that right. But yeah, yeah. The, the Eagles are 0-1 playing at home. If they go 0-2, they're really done. The Rams, what incentive is there? What motivation is there to go 2-0 aside from it? It feels good. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, also something uh, the West Coast East Coast. We kind of mentioned that in the 49ers mm-hmm. um, handicap as well. So that's definitely one that made my personal ledger just because of what Joe had uh, said. So thanks for that. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. definitely one that I'm hitching my wagon to. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks, thanks again, Joe. Um, that one. The only thing that scares me is this Eagles offensive line is just so battered, um, mm-hmm. and and the Rams. You know, for what it's worth, their defense I don't think is as strong as a lot of people mm-hmm. anticipate it to be. Um, but they do have Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. Um, they, key, key addition in Leonard Floyd as well. Yeah, right. So I think that if my, my whole thing is if the Eagles don't somehow sort that out, get some more help on the line, get some of their players back to being healthy, you know, it could be another, it won't be an eight sack day, but it's going right. to, it's going to be another day where Carson Wentz is going to be flushed in the pocket and, and he not for nothing has to start making better decisions too mm-hmm. and faster decisions. Well, well, yeah. per Joe too, they're getting uh, Jason Peters back and then right. also um, Lane help. Johnson, Lane I believe. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Miles Sanders. Is That's it. Miles Sanders is yeah. also making the trip. So I think the uh, I think we just caught the Eagles a little bit um, depleted last week. So yeah. uh, definitely a lot of value there, what? especially if this goes into Eagles plus odds. Home dog, I'll take that. Remember all those atrocious yeah. like masks. During the playoffs, oh, when they were home dogs, so that. obnoxious. Also, we live close <laughs> to Philadelphia. Worst place ever. Anyway, worst place ever. <laughs> um, the uh, the line still won on that game. I know he took the money line, but it was minus I think it one, is, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. or plus one for the Eagles, of course. Um, yeah. So that's that's so interesting. Little home dog action there. Um, yeah. it, Q Lane Johnson wearing the Doberman mask. And <laughs> Joe's second play for the Big Bank is a two unit teaser. And now this is something that you know it's taken almost fifty seven minutes into the podcast. But I'm going to break down the math around teasers um, because we've been throwing it around. I know that we mentioned it last year. For for any new users, it's something that we've been incorporating heavily into the big bank. And it's something that I definitely want to address the mathematics in. Is it sharp or is it square? Um, definitely you don't want to just go, hey, these two teams are good. They're going to win. So let me throw six points onto that. Uh, that's not something that we want to do. So Joe's is actually very um, very sharp from, from the looks of it. And I don't think it's a conventional teaser in the sense that it's uh, Bucks minus two and a half, Titans minus two and a half, and Chiefs minus two and a half. 
So a couple things that I want to mention are the mathematics of this. So when it comes to teasers, I only do three team teasers. I think that that mathematically you want to get about plus 180. I know FanDuel offers plus 160 no matter what three teams you put in, it's plus 160, which actually could be very valuable because Joe creating these three is plus 123. So maybe that's something that you might want to look at, uh, Joe, when you listen back. So um, what you want to do is at plus 180, right, a three-team teaser, you're adding six points. I'm just going to use that. Um, let's use this one. It's easiest mathematically. If I lose, you could just skip. I mean, I, I have an engineering degree, so uh, buckle up. So when you have three legs, you want each each leg, you have to think about it. Is there a 71% chance or better that this team will win? And from a money line converter, that's minus 244 per team. Now, DraftKings, FanDuel, you can take alternate lines, so you can check this very easily. Um, so let me use my teaser for, for an example. So Joe's teaser was plus 123. Zach's, I believe, was a two-team teaser at minus 130. So... Um, you know, two-team teaser, Zach won last year, so I don't really have any right to say anything. I wouldn't do a two-team teaser. I don't think it's worth it. I would want plus odds if I'm going to combine any outcome in general. I don't like, I don't subscribe to the fact of taking two huge money line dog or uh, favorites and getting, still laying minus like 150 or above or anything like that. So I want plus odds when it comes to teasers. So if, uh, if you're still with me here, congratulations, nice. So each leg, <laughs> this is great, man. Really? each leg in a three-team teaser should be minus 244 or better. So my teaser is Panthers plus 14.5, which on DraftKings is minus 265. The under in the Patriots-Seahawks, which we already handicapped, minus 245. That's the only one I'm giving up one cent per dollar bet. Okay, fine, whatever. That's right there. And also Kansas City minus 2.5 is minus 335. So realistically, I'm more than 71% using the money line converter on two of the legs. So really what this turns into is it's a plus 160 bet for me to stay under Seattle, New England, under 51. So at that point, I kind of manipulated the odds to be very good. Using some stats um, from sportsbooks all throughout the country, um, or excuse me, uh, any favorite that you tease down to either one and a half or two and a half, which Zach did, is 80% profitable, um, which is very interesting. and. The Chiefs themselves, with Patrick Mahomes, um, as a large... Sorry, my notes are a little bit shoddy here. As <laughs> okay, a, uh, so the Chiefs, as a road favorite of more than a touchdown with Patrick Mahomes, is 69.23%. So Chiefs minus 2.5, it's minus 335. That is a dead set lock. If you have a million dollars, put it on that. I think that is 100% <laughs> going to hit. But um, just to handicap uh, the rest of my games, I believe... Yeah. Joe and I are semi head to head, kind of like last week where uh, Joe and Zach were. So Joe has the Bucks minus two and a half. I have the Panthers plus fourteen and a half. We both could be right, um, guys. I think that you would all agree that Bruce Arians is a good good head coach, right? Yep, Super Bowl yes. winner. Yeah. Okay, the Bucks had nine penalties, which was the most mm. in the NFL. Three of them were pre snap. Six of them gave the Saints a free first down. Wow. Uh, where's the good coaching? I don't see it. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things where the Panthers didn't look that bad. They got run all over because they just don't have a lot of talent on defense. The Bucks looked bad. And I'm not jumping in even spread, regular spread, nine and a half. I'm not jumping onto that. Or nine or eight and a half. I actually, when I placed this, it was eight and a half. I want Panthers and the points. And I'm taking more than two touchdowns because getting over a key number is what you want to do. Chiefs, I already mentioned, that's a dead set lock, and we already handicapped uh, the 
Seahawks and Patriots uh, of that under. So mine for plus 160 is Panthers 14 and a half, uh, Seahawks Patriots under 51, and the Chiefs minus two and a half. Uh, Joe also ha- uh, Joe and Zach also have the Chiefs minus two and a half. I think that is the biggest lock of probably the season right now. I, yeah. I, I think that the Chiefs are going to kill them personally, but <laughs> just in case, I think that there's no chance that they actually lose. Uh, I could look very silly next week if that does happen. But yeah, so if you followed me all throughout the math, I think that when it comes to teasers, I would definitely say you need three teams. I think that's the best way you get you get plus odds. Mm-hmm. And you also have to think which one is not possible. Right. Like if you take an over 38, doesn't matter who's playing. Taking an over 38 feels a lot better than an under of a 52. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that, which is funny because I have an under of 51. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely something that... that if you think adding six or six and a half or seven points to something and still getting plus odds to get you above or below a key number, I think that it's absolutely worth it. So mm-hmm. you're going to hear teasers a lot this year. I je- just wanted to take a yeah. couple minutes of your time to explain it mathematically, and we're not just sitting here like dumbasses going, duh, look at this team, I want seven more points. Right. Because at that point, uh, you're, you're not doing the right thing. Right. Well, Zach, you're not, you're not, well, you're not being sharp about it. That's the thing. You want to beat Vegas. So I'm glad you took the time to explain that. Um, teasers can be quite complicated, and it's going to be different from every sports book. Especially, I know DraftKings does six, six and a half, and seven. And then certainly, you know, folks out there who aren't using maybe the apps and they go through their own means of making their bets, they're probably going to get other things uh, based on who they talk to. So I, the key takeaways from for uh, me, Dean, and I'm not, I'm a guy. You guys notice I really don't do a whole lot of teasers. Mm-hmm. I just like taking one thing and then writing that out. Um, I just think that gives me better odds to win. Uh, it sounds like don't take any more or less than three legs of a parlay. According Absolutely. to your advice, yep. you want to look at, obviously upsets happen in the NFL, mm-hmm. but if you want something that is going to be more likely to hit, you're looking at an odds outside of the teaser at no more than minus 244. Right. So gotcha. if, if you're going in and you see that that alternate line is, let's just say, minus 190, right. you're not getting value. You might as gotcha. well just build it via alternate lines. Gotcha. But when it comes to a teaser, uh, the fact that the books offer yeah. seven cents per dollar, because I, I could build the same exact sure. like lines and get plus 153, I'm getting seven more cents per dollar, mm-hmm. which, I mean, if you like money, then then you should definitely do that. You're getting free money yeah. there. So it's, it's definitely something that you're going to be hearing throughout throughout the year. Uh, and uh, we definitely want to take a couple of seconds of, you know, just to explain some of the math behind it. Also, when it comes to parlays, because I know that we have a heavy parlay, yeah. it's so attractive to see you know bet a little win a lot kind of mm-hmm. thing we know you know that the sharp side of it is not to do that but i must say if you have to i would keep it to three legs against the spread if you want to go all money lines only have one plus odds or not plus odds but have one or max two dogs mm-hmm. you don't want to do an all dog parlay the odds of that hitting right. is so much, and that's why the payouts are so attractive. Yeah, I, yeah, I would say unless you have some kind of insider info that I guess most people like, don't have. Like for example, taking more than one dog is really playing with fire. Right. Like for example, last week I had a five-team parlay hit on a free bet because I was like, whatever, I'm not going to get this. I'm not going to get this money either way, and it ended up hitting. But in that, I had uh, teams of minus two fifty-five. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't have any other huge dogs, but I had the Raiders, which was Zach's lock. You know, things like that. So um, it's definitely something to think about. Yeah. If you're a big parlay person and you ever need um, advice, just uh, DM us on uh, on Twitter at winningtixpod. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely awesome. uh, good advice. Speaking of three legs, 
Let's hear it. I have a, 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 a that, one more like for you. That's Mike the kickstand. That is a uh, big, that's a big penis stroke. Out of it is. Uh, I'm it's home. true. Anyway, I've seen it. Um, <laughs> uh, I love the Cardinals minus six and a half at home against Washington this week. Um, it's more of I mean as, as good as the Cardinals looked against the Super Bowl runner-ups. Um, this is more of a fade of Washington. Um, let's not forget they wore down 17 nothing at halftime to the Eagles, who did have line problems of their own, uh, like we mentioned earlier. And also, the three scoring drives that the uh, um, that Washington had were all under 50-yard drives. Mm-hmm. They wow. had, I think, two, it was 46 and 47, and there was one, like, 25-yard scoring drive where they got a fumble uh, off of Wentz. So, um, you know, they, they didn't really have to go the length of the field. I'm not expecting that to continue, them just getting, mm-hmm. you know, starting field position past the 50 right. um, like they did. So I, I expect the Cardinals to, I mean, their defense looked much improved from last year. Uh, when it was just Swiss cheese, um, so I, I'm expecting them to, you know, have make Haskins, you know, orchestrate long drives and make throws that he didn't have to against the Eagles. So six and a half Cardinals book it. Yeah, that's a really good one. That's one mm-hmm. that I, that I looked and I just did, unfortunately didn't have enough time to uh, watch the film on the Cardinals uh, Niners game. But yeah, it's definitely something that um, it kind of sparks something up for me right now. Um, guys, like moving forward, who do you think you would lean to if you had to make a prediction mm-hmm. after Week One? Is this an overreaction or an underreaction? I have a ticket on Kyler Murray to win MVP, and I placed that the day after the Super Bowl. Um, any <laughs> thoughts, John? Who would you just huh, quick, yeah. quick little Dean asks? Yeah, um, just a quick shot out of the cannon. Uh, who would you think will win the MVP this year? Win the MVP, and it could be an overreaction, but just gut feeling is Russell Wilson. Okay. I I think that, I like that he he's firing on all cylinders right now. He just he just had a baby and named him Win. <laughs> um, I swear to God, that's a real thing. It's Mr. I mean, that's, Unlimited, baby. Wow. That's Mr. Unlimited, right? <laughs> Mr. Unlimited. Oh, dude, that was so weird. Uh, wow. So awkward. On, that's totally unrelated to football. <laughs> what I'll tell you. What I'll tell you is this. I'm sorry. Um, he he played he played like an MVP on on uh, Sunday. He played like a guy who's been here for years. He is a Super Bowl winner, although it's been some time in between those. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think he's ready with all the younger guys, the Lamar Jacksons, Patrick Mahomes doing their thing. Russell Wilson's probably standing in a little corner going, hey, what, you know, I'm still here. I'm still the reason why the Seahawks are as competitive as they are year after year. And I do think you could make the argument that every year Russell Wilson has been the MVP because there's nobody else on the mm-hmm. Seahawks since the Legion of Boom era that has done enough yeah. for his team than than Russell Wilson. So I, I think I, if I had to bet money on it right now, I'd bet him. Actually, a fun fact about um, Russell Wilson is that last year before the um, Texans-Ravens game, which uh, unfortunately we're not going to be talking about this week, uh, <laughs> uh, before that game it was Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson were kind of the, the two MVP discussion yeah. guys. I had a bet on uh, Deshaun Watson, unfortunately. That was uh, a little bit wrong. This game kind of mm-hmm. put him in the grave. But uh, Russell Wilson is always in the conversation yeah. around like week five, week six, week seven. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's excellent. Uh, Bill Belichick, even this week in a press conference, went yeah, out of his way right. to uh-huh. say that he's excellent, which um, kind of plays into my under because I think that means that Belichick has him circled and they want to take that away. Do you know he's and, never uh, got an MVP vote? Russell Wilson? That's insane. Wow. He's been good literally that every is year. insane. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't believe that. <laughs> Then, wow. Crazy. Wow. But yeah, yeah, that's what yeah, I just, just Mike, Mike, do you have an MVP too? Um, I like that pick. I mean, it's hard to go against a guy like Mahomes or Lamar just because yeah. of right. you know, the regular season dominance uh-huh. that we've seen from them already yeah. this season. And especially Mahomes, uh, you know, adding Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, into the mix. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, now yeah. he's got like a 
a work like one workhorse back instead of like you know Damian Williams who's good but he's not really like the guy. Right. <laughs> um, but that just adds a whole nother dimension to their high powered offense. So it's yeah. tough to go against him. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that um, honorable mention, and this is going to hurt me, I think my soul is going to leave my body. <laughs> but um, if I'm right about Aaron Rodgers and the uh, motivation and with their with their cakewalk schedule playing the what we all agree on, the bad Lions and the bad Bears and yeah. the no secondary Vikings, which, by the way, when they play the Vikings in Lambeau, there might be a crowd. So that's totally not fair because yeah. the Vikings right. have to play them with no crowd. <laughs> right. So that sucks. But anyway, um, yeah, if Rodgers uh, kind of rides this mojo, maybe this could be his last song. So definitely something to look at. If you guys have any um, MVP bets that you're going to place right now, uh, let us know. Of course, on Twitter, Instagram, at yeah. WinningTXPod. Of course. We're going to want to look out for our graphic. We were 3-1 and one last week. We're going to add in Mikey's Lock of the Week. We're going to hopefully add in Chris's yeah, Lock we'll of the Week Yeah, we'll, we'll add in more. And let me use this then as a segue into my last Big Bang pick. Let's go back to Green Bay here. Ooh. And I have taken an alternate line. Again... For, for you guys, what I've realized, I think, in transitioning from last year to this year uh, is taking key numbers. Is If, if someone's going to give me 5.5 or someone's going to give me 7.5, I'm going to I'm gonna look for 6.5. John is sharpening out, baby. So um, I'm taking the Packers at plus 105, minus 6.5. So I think the, I don't know. I think the line was 5 or 5.5. I'm taking it up mm-hmm. um, for plus odds. Now, uh, what you said, Dean, Aaron Rodgers looks like a man reborn. And there was, I was about to draft him in fantasy too, and then I chickened out because I thought, hey, what if I'm wrong? And I should have listened to my gut because Aaron Rodgers has this, you know, has this target on his back in a way saying that, oh, so you drafted my replacement. Well, let me show you how much longer this guy's going to stay on the bench. And in a division that has really not played up to its stature. Um, you know, I, th- I think the Lions, the Bears, the Vikings, and even the Packers from time to time haven't really looked that great. This is still the Packers saying, this is our division. Our record last year wasn't a fluke. You know, we're, we're that powerhouse that you've, that you've expected. So um, I like the Packers giving six and a half points. Um, going, uh, talking about the Lions, actually. Um, I think the Lions, like we had said earlier, are worse than what we initially anticipated. Still only week one, right? We don't want to overreact. But the Lions, who just couldn't finish off a Bears team at home... I just, I don't, that just leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Especially that they let Trubisky score three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So what's going to happen now in the awfulest of circumstances for Green Bay, that Green Bay's down three touchdowns? Yeah. You don't think Aaron Rodgers is capable of doing much more than that? So I'm worried. Um, there's another big uh, thing I'm worried about, too, uh, is that Jeff Okuda and Desmond Trufant mm. have those soft tissue injuries, little hammy problems. Rough. So, you know, the hamstring injuries are the worst because they'll, they'll, Probably taken off the injury report come game time, but yeah, those but things still are, won't be 100. Yeah, yeah, they nag, especially without a full preseason and uh, totally you know, training right. camp. Totally. So if so if Rodgers and company are ri- are firing on all cylinders, they're riding high. They're saying, okay, it's another division game, and it's our home opener this year. I just don't think the Lions have a chance. The Packers winning this game outright, I think, is is a just as good a lock as the Chiefs, and I like them winning by over a touchdown. I will say this just to. Uh, you know, not not to put myself in a worse position, but looking at the history, the last time that the Packers beat the Bears by seven or more was actually in 2018. So I'm mm. sorry, 2017. Yeah. So it's been a couple of years. That's the Lions, not the Bears. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, the the Lions. Thanks. <laughs> it's all right, we've been, uh, we've been going for a while. I was gonna say it's getting late here. Yeah. Um. So you know, there is there was trepidation at first. Um. Couple there were a couple times Packers lost. Packers got blown out 31 nothing. Um. When they I think when they had um. 
what's his face? It wasn't Rogers oh, when he was hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah Brett yeah. Hundley. So, um, so that you take those out of it too. But still, I just think that again, looking at last week, this is a team that that looks hot, and this is a team that looks not. Um, so you can't always base it on that. But um, you know, you certainly have to. Um, you know, beat when you're when you're trying to pick the teams that are going to get you the the best chances of winning, and I'm getting plus odds on top of all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just I'm over the moon. Two I, I two of John's plays plus odds. Plus odds, yep, Come absolutely. On. All right, well that's that's really good. I think I'm going to be on the Packers as well this week. Uh, last week, uh, for those of you ch- chomping at the bit, I did win a five team money line parlay, and one was the Packers. Uh, my father, who went five and zero in the Super Contest, and I went four and one. Looked at me with disdain and was like, "You bet against your favorite team." Uh, yeah, I like money, and um, I'm I'm gonna be hurt anyway, so I might as well be rich and sad. So, um, I think right now, John and I will recap our big banks yes. because you can listen to uh, uh, Zach and Joe's. Uh, I'll, I'll read off Joe's teaser again, but um, yeah. John, for me, I have the Bills minus five and a half for one and a half units. I have the Vikings Colts over forty eight even at minus one ten, and I have my Six-point teaser for plus 160. Panthers, 14.5. Seahawks, Patriots, under 51. And the Chiefs, minus 2.5. Love it. And I have a unit on each of these three plays. Packers, minus 6.5 at plus 105. Niners, minus 6.5 at minus 120. And the New England Patriots, under 9.5 first half points, plus 104. That's a lot of numbers when we really... Yeah. Talk it all through. Oh, dude, don't worry. I was talking percentages earlier. Yeah, it's it's all good. This is something. Do we have, do we have some dog pound picks this this week? Oh, I had to, to be honest with you. I didn't I didn't think too yeah. much into it just oh, because def- it's still we're early. We're definitely all right. Dog I have I have an idea. The dog pound. Yeah. So last week I had the Washington team and I gave a bonus one uh, the Browns to win money line and they suck. So anyway. Um, this week I'm going New England Patriots plus 165. I think Belichick prime time is going to get up for this game. Yes, it's in Seattle, but I really do like the Patriots uh, way that they play football, which is we're going to run you into the ground, kind of similar to what the 49ers did last year. Um, I like the Patriots win outright. I, and a little is it even an upset if Bill Belichick wins anymore? Uh, Patriots <laughs> That's plus kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, Jaguars uh, overcoming the Ooh. Titans. Uh, I, this the, it's simply put the Jaguars showed a lot that to to ride on they're not tanking. Um, I don't think you can tank in the NFL as much as people like to say it. I just think bad teams are bad, good teams are good. Um, but I like the Jaguars over the Titans because the Titans did nothing against the Broncos to prove to me that they're really even a playoff team, let alone a team that could win. Um, you know a, what what always amounts to be a close divisional game in the AFC South. Um, so I don't have my my odds in front of me. It's I'm, plus two ninety. Plus two ninety. Sure, let's let's go for it. Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, man. Like the pick. I'm going with. Uh, I mentioned them earlier. The Las Vegas Raiders uh, at plus one ninety five to upset the Saints. Uh, the Michael Thomas less Saints. Let's at, do it. Uh, plus one ninety five. That's interesting because that's that's a game that I almost completely skipped. So I'm gonna have to go and take a, a look at that again. Mm-hmm. But guys, we gave you a ton of plays here, and of course, we'll be updating the big bank. Um, and as a reminder, you want to follow us. On Twitter and Instagram at WinningTAXPod. You're going to yep. want to watch out for that graphic um, because it was 3 and 1 last week. Yeah. And it will be again this week. Yeah. Or probably 4 and 0, actually. <laughs> or actually, maybe, if we have more. Maybe 6 and 0. Oh, yeah. 6 and 0. <laughs> we're going to so, put up everything that we can up here. So we're going to be doing that. And then also um, follow us on Twitter. You guys need the Slack channel. Uh, uh, you know, I got two bad beats in a row in WNBA, but uh, that doesn't affect 
the overall season record. Uh, we are kind of crushing it. We handicap every sport. And honestly, if, if our customers, this has happened to me a couple times, um, I've gotten side chats. You could talk to me about, um, you know, why I watch sports and like what I think about certain things. Uh, it's just free access to all the sharps that you're hearing now. So if you really love the show and you've listened this far, you're definitely going to want to shoot us a DM. We'll give, let us prove it to you. Yeah. And if there's anything that you guys want to see on the show that maybe we don't talk about enough or, you know, if you have some picks that you'd like to share, you know, we'd love to hear from you. I know my uh, my cousin Tyler Ross, hey, hey bud, uh, is a fan. He listens. He texts me about the show a lot um, and, and sends me his picks. So, so maybe we'll include him love on that. some future episodes. Uh, but let us know. Give us some feedback. And, hey, why don't you give us a five-star rating while we're at it too. Um, I think we want to take this podcast to the next step uh, and be just a little bit more active in the social realm. Um, but until then, guys, thank you for uh, listening to us here on the Winning Ticket Podcast for our Week 2 NFL picks. We're going to go run our two-minute drill in Cincinnati, and we'll see you next time. Have a good night. <laughs>